0: on Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Path the designer, Courtney Cronin, coming your way. Got to talk about some of this offseason to-do list. Everything's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I don't know if people know this. There's a lot of other players on this team and a lot of holes that still exist on this team that we have to fill out this offseason. The good thing is the Bears have draft capital, they have money, and they have room and it seems like smart people in the front office making the right decision so got to talk about that chase young rumors might be on the uh you know i mean he might be a guy that might be interested coming to chicago at least a lot of people in the front office believe so we'll talk about that as well all that more in today's episode of the chicago bears podcast hit that like button subscribe to the page leave the five-star review y'all know what to do courtney how are you
1: I'm good. I don't know if you've been outside today, but I feel like I'm living in a cloud. Um, has the fog lifted where you are? Because I'm looking out my window right now, and I'm either in, in the middle of a snow globe or it's it's just there. I can't see anything. It's literally it's, like zero percent visibility outside.
0: There's no fog by us, but the the heat has started to melt the snow and like the melting snow with the pieces of like grass that don't exist anymore. <laughs> and the gray sky has got to be the most depressing combination you've ever seen if you've walked out of your house.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen the sun in a couple of weeks. So this is um, yeah, peak Chicago winter for all of us.
0: It's it's always fun. I mean, listen, I, you, we we deal with this for what the entire year just to get our three months of summer. But it's a great three months of summer. I'll take it. I'm not not mad at the three months of summer that we get. But at the end of the day, the outlook for the Chicago Bears doesn't seem to be as bleak. Uh, There's a lot to do in this offseason. There's a lot that the Bears do have to get done. And I think over the course of the next couple weeks, we'll probably end up talking about both sides of the ball. But I want to focus in on the defensive side of the ball because I feel like there is a lot that needs to be done on this team, but there's a lot of room for this team to actually get things done. Ton of draft capital, ton of money that they can actually spend. Mm-hmm. I guess here's number one on my to-do list, and I'll ask you kind of where this is with the insight that we have. Um, every day I wake up and I'm waiting for the the tweet that Jalen Johnson has been <laughs> re-signed to the Chicago Bears where are we at with this? I understand the OC search had to go on. They're still looking for a DC. I think that's a little bit less because we have Fluuse in place, but mm-hmm. they're still looking for a guy to fill that position. What are we waiting for here with this Jalen Johnson deal?
1: Typically, if you like think about the off season and when these deals normally get done, these massive extensions, of course, right around the time of free agency, like for guys who are going to like either hit free agency or you know might get tagged by their own team like i think the first date you look at is the franchise tag like the date to apply it the deadline to apply it which i don't have off the top of my head but it's usually at the end of february so you know if the bears and jalen johnson's representatives aren't at a like number where they're like hell yeah let's get this done let's go then they have at least the time to let this thing drag out a little bit but both sides, if, if you're taking people at face value and for, you know, taking their words for what they said as truth, Ryan Pohl says Jalen's not going anywhere. He anticipates a deal getting done, um, you know, sooner rather than later. And I'm paraphrasing there, but you remember how, like, emphatic he was about that. He didn't have to go, like, that whole direction, but yeah. he did that in his season ending press conference. And then Jalen Johnson, when he was on Keyshawn Johnson's podcast last week, Again, has never moved off his position that he wants to be in Chicago. Uh, what you know, you're hearing more and more is that from him is that he does feel like he deserves to be paid that the highest at his position, which would be north of twenty million dollars. What we're trying to figure out now, and I'm not surprised. Like it's still the end of January. Like that you don't. Like it's not an alarm to me that nothing's been done yet, but. I would say, like, how far the Bears have about forty-three million dollars in cap space, and like, what are their other offseason priorities? Other positions that they're trying to upgrade on this roster? There's a couple, two along the defensive, you know, on defense. I think about like yeah. for sure, three technique, and a, you know, getting another defensive end, like an edge rusher, whether that comes in the draft with a weaker class or a pretty good, um, you know, I would I don't know want to say loaded, but like a pretty good edge class set to hit free agency, like. How do they factor in all of their finances? Because to me, when they when they are so like dead set on using the language that expresses we want Jalen Johnson here long term, you your actions don't match up if you go and franchise tag him. Franchise tag is like a prove it sort of thing. Sometimes it's, yeah. sometimes for some teams it's a tool to circumvent the cap in a way. Just to like okay, we have to use it on somebody. Like you're we'll, we'll work out your deal later, but we have to use it on this person now. That's not the case that the Bears are in. Because there's nobody else that they would. There's nobody like on their own team. That they're like, do we have to pay this guy first? Do we have to pay this yeah. guy first? Like Jalen Johnson is their marquee homegrown free agent, pending free agent that they want to keep. So I don't think you get to that point unless it gets contentious, which hopefully it doesn't for their sake, and that they do, they can just bypass all of that and work out a long term deal before getting to the point where like, well, we like you, we don't like your number, we're going to tag you. So I say give it a couple weeks um this should be done by the combine though i would be really surprised if we're like dragging into free agency and we still don't well, i mean we'll know one way or the other on the franchise tag by the end of february or whenever that yeah. deadline is but this this one maybe i would say if it's not done by the end of like the week after the super bowl then it's like okay tick tock what's going on here but as, as we stand right now they this one i think is you know top of priority going to get done
0: Yeah, that uh, the window last year, and I know it it can change within a couple of days, was from February 21st to March 7th, basically. So you have that
1: window where you can decide, and usually, teams, if you're going to use it, they're going to put it on like right away.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. That's the one for me because I think he's such a a cornerstone, a key piece, a young piece on this defense. That's one that I think has to get done. You did mention some of the things going on with the defensive line, though, as well. Some of the pieces that the Bears need to add. Do do the do you think the Bears are going into this offseason feeling like they saw enough from Gervon Dexter to be confident in him going into next season or is that three technique position still a major position of need for them where they're either going to go get a vet or draft somebody yet again at that position
1: In a defense like this like the two most important positions and I know like people say like you know a weak side linebacker that yeah. whatever like okay that's usually like tertiary importance if you're looking at like one two and three right i think that you know having a disruptive three technique in this scheme can take it from good to great and like you have corners you can never have enough corners i always find it funny when matt eber like you know is it's in my mind parroting mike zimmer the coach that i covered in minnesota like the man literally like he he brought up this analogy once i swear to jesus during the draft when they drafted mike hughes yeah. um Mike Zimmer, big Fox News guy, and would always watch Fox News. And there was this one ad. I don't know what it was selling or what it was, but it was this guy who had guns. And um, something about guns, he said, you know, just one more. So literally, he gave us this analogy. Like, I was watching Fox News one day, and I thought (laughs) about cornerbacks. And then he, like, relayed this ad about this guy with his gun saying, just one more. He's like, that's my mentality with cornerbacks. Just one more. Like, you know, you, you... you, however many you have it's never enough because obviously yeah. you have to have guys on the back end who can cover now so every time i hear flu say that it, it triggers me <laughs> back to a couple <laughs> years ago but when you think about some of the guys who are going to be available in free agency and like outside of jalen johnson like guys who aren't currently on the roster who should be the free agent targets does everybody's mind not go to chris jones knowing that You know, what happened to get him to stay, you know, get him to come to training camp or whenever he reported last, you know, before the start, it wasn't in training camp. He got there right before the deal got done, right before the start of the regular season. He didn't play in that first game against Detroit, if if memory serves. But regardless, it was a one-year thing. He's a free agent. He is at the top of everyone's got-to-have-it list if Kansas City can't find the resources to re-sign him. But, like, it's so rare when you have a player like this who is a pending free agent? He's you know mid twenties. I want to say like 25, 26.
0: Um, uh, Chris Jones right now twenty nine years old. Okay, so you just 29. so
1: that's even if you think about pass rushers who are hitting like just about to hit their prime because he came in to the league. I want to say like twenty sixteen. So it's like you've gotten your first wave of this as pass rushers hit that uh, hit the other side of 30 that's when a lot of them take off and i mean same thing yep. with the Daniil hunter who's you know also about to hit free agency and it doesn't feel likely just given the way that the last couple of years have played out with minnesota that he'll stay there but for someone like chris jones like if they tag him that's going to be like 33 million dollars plus um which you know that's obviously good money for him like that's not something that he'd ever be, he'd you know be able to say no to if they put the tag on him but like right. if like he's this is not just like one of like the best guys who who are in this class. He may go down as one of the best interior pass rushers ever. Like if you think about the stats from last year that we rattled off about how it was like the entire defensive front production for Kansas City and then like Chris Jones accounting for like 60% of that in terms of his yeah. pressures like imagine what that would be like on a defense that improved mightily with the addition of one player in Montez Sweat. Now they still finished 31st in sacks, but the pressure rate went up. The quarterback hits went up. All of the activity they had getting into the backfield around the quarterback improved because of that. If you add someone like Chris Jones, if you add Justin Mitibike, the guy from Baltimore, there's several other disruptive three techniques that could it's really no knock on Jervon Dexter, but it helps you if you feel like, okay, we're a piece away at that position and it can still allow this other player who, you know, they were playing in a, him on obvious passing downs because he struggled at times to play against the run last year. That's okay for a rookie, but it, it, I don't think you can go wrong if, that, if a player like Chris Jones or, or someone else, one of the higher caliber interior defensive linemen, are available to get them in here and have them help your defense out you know, right away.
0: It, it, Chris Jones is interesting to me because it would feel like that move to me would feel like, yep, we've got a defensive head coach. He's going to build this defense no matter what. We still got so much on the offense that we need. Let's go get Chris Jones, though, because we want to make sure this defense is ready to go. That would feel very like par for the course Bears-wise, history-wise to me because I, I love Chris Jones. I'd love to have him here. The pressure he creates would be immaculate. I do think there are some – Players that you can sign that will actually help the offense on the defensive end. I think of when we got Khalil Mack, the best thing that Ryan Pace ever did for Mitch Trubisky offensively was get him a guy that was going to put him at the forty basically mm-hmm. every time for him to start off his drives. Um, but it's that it's you're going to be committing so much money, sure, to that position, and it's a linchpin piece. I guess the question is is there other avenues to get that because the one that sticks out to me is if the bears should trade the first overall pick can you possibly get a player back similar to how you got DJ Moore while trading that first overall pick and still getting a draft haul
1: sure and but like let's think of the teams that would you know Number one would be like, huh, Washington. Well, they traded away all the defensive players yeah. that the Bears would yeah. probably well, be not. interested in uh, when they did that at the deadline. But I don't think if, if they went that route, I don't think that that would be out of the realm of possibility that they would be asking for the DJ Moore equivalent for this year's trade hall. And I know that even Mel Kiper said yesterday he's he's a lot he's aligned with most draft people who think that the Bears are going to use number one pick this year and get a quarterback, yeah. but in in his draft anal- in his analysis of why, you know, maybe like why they wouldn't do that, it's that because the number one pick this year could command an even bigger haul than four draft picks and a, a high caliber player like it did last year. So if that's the case, you know you have to start thinking, teams that want a number the number one pick because they want a quarterback, what do those teams have that the Bears would be eyeing in a trade package? And if they could find a defensive end, if they could find a, a you know an interior pass rusher, then that I think would certainly make it worth it. It would make it worth it for Ryan Pohl's time to be able to like figure out, okay, could I go this route and then not have to go bid on somebody in free agency or you know worry about because the, the, the defensive line class the defensive the edge rusher class this year is not yeah. as strong as it's been I mean it was even there was even kind of like a down year last year I would say 2022 was probably like the, le- the last like really good marquee class of, of edge rushers but free agency to me is probably the path that they go for the defensive line but if you can get somebody in a trade then that makes your job that much easier because you're not bidding against anybody for them
0: I guess outside of that, right, of course, edge rusher is going to be something interesting. Maybe the Bears can address that in the draft. But what? where do you see on this defense where there's still some glaring holes? I think linebacker we probably feel confident about. Like you said, we got corners left and right out here. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is Eddie Jackson going to be a Bear next year? I that's think that's the, the next question. The next,
1: yeah, it's a natural progression here. I don't think so. I think health, I think age, and I think... You know, his salary cap, it, his hit in 2024 is one of the highest, if not the highest, on the Bears. I'd have to look up the exact number. But even last year, like last year to me, with like Eddie, with Cody Whitehair, because of their cap situation, they didn't have to worry about anybody being a cap casualty. This is yeah. the year where they probably, like, remember we talked about it at the, tra- at the trade deadline? Like, names that people around the league were looking at, like, you know, ooh, okay, let's see if these are for, if these people, if their services might be uh, something we can acquire as another team, Jalen Johnson came up and Eddie Jackson came up and, right. you know, that was before, you know, B- and B's like he was able to come back from that foot injury. I think that if he hadn't, that would be kind of an immediate, all right, this one makes complete sense. Like, like I don't think Cody Whitehair's on this roster. That one to me is an, I don't want to call it that's, a, no-brain- that's a no-brainer. I don't want to call it, to it a no-brainer. Business, I mean, I'm trying yeah. to be nice. But, like, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, the the price doesn't isn't worth the production at this point of his career. I think we're there with Eddie Jackson, too. And so and, and it pains me to say he's one of the best dudes in the locker room. He won our Good Guy Award. Like, all of – there's none of that that, like, ever comes into question. It's just for, like, where he's at right now you know, nearing 30 years old, the foot injury, um, you know, the injury from the years past, all of those things. And you know, there were some moments too where he looked lost in coverage this past year. Um, I can think <laughs> about that from yeah. like the Green Bay game and some other moments too, but Uh, that would be one that I think they would address at some point. You know, that one feels like, I mean, they drafted Jaquan Brisker in the second round. Who's to say that they can't find another starting, you know, starting caliber safety in, you know, some point on day two.
0: Yeah. He's, he's going to be an interesting one. Cap hit this year, $18 million for Eddie Jackson. But I mean, if, if you release him, the dead cap hits 5 million. That those are usually the guys you look at. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the guys where you go, we love you. We would love for you to be here. I guess, I don't even see a scenario. I was going to say maybe there's a scenario where because he's such a good leader in the locker room and he he is that guy that, I mean, Jaquan Brisker talks about him and says, I feel like I'm a better player when Eddie's standing next to me. Maybe Maybe that's, there's some kind of restructure you could work out, but at 18 million, he's probably not going to be on this roster next season. And so I would say, would you say that's a draft addressing uh position or would you go free agency for that?
1: You know, I, I would say that, you know, the free agency priorities should be on both sides of the line, you know, finding, yeah. finding somebody to play center. That seems like a no brainer, like one that's right up there. Finding potentially another interior lineman, um, you know, they like Tevin Jenkins. They got to decide are is Tevin Jenkins health like history and all of that? Is that worth paying somebody because I mean, God, he's been solid. Like when he's out there, he's solid. It's just you know, the injuries here and there which have been have been tough for him to overcome. Yeah. Um but the, like though, could those two be a quick, fix ish sort of um get somebody in free agency? I say yes. I think both of your lines are probably free agency you know, free agency additions, first wave, second wave, so on and so forth. But they are, they do have good draft capital. Like they, you know, they don't have their own second round pick right now. Right now I say that because it's Ryan Poles and we know his penchant for trying to get back in certain rounds that they don't have picks in or moving around because that pick went to Washington for the Montez sweat trade, but they do, you know, they've got two picks in the first 10, In this year's draft like might that be a place for them to like move back garner more draft capital get some early day two draft capital like that to me would be the sweet spot for a starting defensive back if if you do move on from any Jackson you can find a safety there.
0: Yeah, we'll see what they end up doing. I I like some of the options. I think maybe even some of the, like, if you just want veteran guys back there, there are some interesting names out there. It could be low-money guys that come in and just give you solid production to help develop Mm -hmm. some of these guys. But it's going to – I'm not going to lie. It's going to suck to see BoJack go because I – while, the, yes, the production is down. I'm not going to say it's not. And at the end of the day, it's production-based business. You can tell what he means as far as a player in that locker.
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, he's been through, you know, the thick of it with his team for, yeah. you know, since the time he was drafted here. And the rebuilds that he has been a part of, um, it's a yeah. lot. And, I, you know.
0: he have been under two rebuilds?
1: Yeah, I mean, because he was drafted yeah. in 17.
0: 17. Oh, well, it was a quick rebuild, I he, guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's still part of a different regime. And then, of course, they yeah. bring in – he's played for three different head coaches, I guess is probably the fairest of ways to say that. So, yeah. but no, I mean, it's – I think Jaquan Brisker and the, the development that we saw with him this year, like, they, they really hit on that draft pick. And I think – when you saw the 2022 draft class and the contributions that they got from, I mean, the first two picks of Ryan Pohl's tenure with Kyler Gordon coming on, like he's settled in at nickel. That is your guy. That could be a position that you don't have to address for a couple of years. Like that's a win. Same thing yeah. with Jaquan Brisker at safety. Now just finding a compliment to him. If they, you know, they found a really like two really solid contributors right away in the second round, that first year the, of this new regime, I think that that's probably the route that you want to go again because now Brisker's going to be that guy to bring whoever the new safety is potentially to re- to pl- replace and play that Eddie Jackson role.
0: Is there anybody who's cross-trained out there? I'm trying to think. It, I, I don't know if, like, I think because I think, of, I think of Terrell Smith. Sure. And like, and I love the production he has. I'd love to see him on the field all the time. I just got nowhere to put you
1: yeah and i mean that's i, I think you're gonna eat again you never have enough corners um <laughs> yeah. so like having him for depth maybe we saw it several times yeah. this year where tyreek stevenson had to go out because he got banged up and, and terrell smith did a really good job but kendall williamson's the safety that they drafted out of stanford so again seventh yep. round pick might be some might be somebody that you know can compete for a job might might not be anything more than a backup someday but how, like, we never saw him any at any point, um, you know, yeah. this year. So, like, for him to be able to maybe compete for a job this year or, you know, see, because their safety depth is just, like, it's never been that great. Um, no. Elijah Hicks is back there, too. I mean, he he's played some because of some yeah. of the injuries. Eddie with the foot for a couple of weeks. He's always an option. But I do think that when you do have – like, those two pieces that I named, especially Hicks, because Hicks can play in a number of different spots in the secondary. Like, this seems like a good spot for them to draft and then develop someone else. Because they drafted all those other names that I mentioned, and that's worked out in their favor.
0: For sure. For sure. I want to go through the rumor mill here, Courtney. I, I got We got so many rumors around the Bears. I mean, everything's a rumor in the offseason <laughs> at this point. But before we do that, I heard uh, I heard a question on TikTok. I brought it to the breeze yesterday, and everybody laughed at me. But I think it's a valid question. Okay. How many owls do you have to see in one day before you're concerned?
1: Owls, as in yeah. oh, hoot, yeah, like, who? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: How hmm. many owls do you got to see in one day before you're concerned? Like, hey, what's going on out here? I got to call somebody.
1: I'm trying to think of the last time I saw more than one in a day. I don't know if I've ever actually seen one in person. Um
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: So, okay, so that's so you do you think they don't exist? Is that your theory? no. no that, like, no. seeing them it's in the, real life it's is not
0: that, they, it's not that they don't exist, but I legitimately think if I saw two owls in one day, in like I just me going through my day, I'd be like, okay, something's going on here. I mean, you, there's some chicanery going on. Somebody's, you no, know, this is Armageddon. The conspiracy's <laughs> coming in.
1: Usually, like, if I see like gigantic birds, like a vulture, you know that there's probably something dead, not like a human yeah. necessarily, but if you're driving on the road and you see birds circling, it's probably because there's like an animal or something. And that usually like always just puts my antenna up um, just a little bit, but an owl, if I saw multiple owls, I'd say it would be two because if I saw one, I'd be really curious and I'd wanna know yeah. more about this owl and know, know more about his or her story. Then I would be like, oh, like this might be the sign that the world's ending. But if if I saw two and they were like standing perched next to each other, like look yeah, at this yeah. so creepy and shit, then I'd be like, Yeah.
0: Yeah. This yeah. Is there some end on. here? I thought I thought that was such an interesting question because it immediately made me go, I don't think I've ever seen more than two owls in my life. Right. What if it's like,
1: what if it's the Zizol owl? Don't be wise all. Take us eyes all Isn't that the allergy owl? I always see that as a daytime TV oh. commercial. Someone who works from home during the off season. <laughs> it's always like, you know, Courtney,
0: if you if you see that owl in person, <laughs> run, <laughs> run. That's that's, he's try, that's he's just trying to help
1: us like breathe through hay fever season.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I I I just feel like it's there's so many animals, and apparently they're all through the Midwest. There's okay. so many animals that we just don't see. And I was like, I have I would be legit. Like, three owls, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the state. <laughs> three owls, I'm leaving the state. That's, that's just me. Let us know in the comments below. That was just me being stupid. But I I, I saw it on TikTok. I was like, this is a great question. Everybody laughed at me. Uh, let's talk about the rumor mill, though. The rumor mill, very interesting. I thought an interesting rumor that came out today uh, about the Chicago Bears being a potential landing spot for Chase Young. Jeremy Fowler wrote an article kind of polling uh, uh, different front office members. And it seems like there is a pretty solid consensus that the Bears would be a really good spot for Chase Young number would probably be a lot cheaper at this point because of the injury history probably won't be as big as a market for him is that something that you see as realistic for the Bears to go out and actually make a move
1: so at the time that they traded for Montez Sweat I it didn't sound at least like to you know the logic for the Bears and what they use like the the price for Chase Young or the Chase Young wasn't available I know initially they felt that Montez sweat was not going to be available. So when he, when he was, then it was like, all right, they have to act on this, give a second round pick chase young goes for a third to San Francisco. And I mean, some people at that point, like if you're going back to like November one, 2023 would think, man, like the bears got fleeced on this. Like, look at, you know, chase young went for a third Montez sweat sweat went for a second. Well, clearly the sweat pick worked out. And I think for chase young, like you know, to San Francisco, San Francisco has been in a spot last couple of years where they can't pay everybody. Where they just paid Nick Bosa. Where eventually they'll have to pay a quarterback, whether it's yeah. going to be Brock Purdy if he leads them to a Super Bowl, or if it's going to be somebody else. But they have a lot of mouths to feed out there, from Brandon IU to Debo Samuel having just gotten paid, Christian McCaffrey, like can they keep everybody the answer is always no but when it does come to someone like chase young and you think about how much better this defense would look especially up front if you have someone like that playing opposite montez sweat then then immediately you start you know thinking about all of the ways that you could make that happen like, what we don't know, too, like, Montez Sweat was in that defense with Chase Young in Washington. Of course, there were others, um, you know, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and it felt like that group, that those four really, like, big-name pass rushers never really put it together. Like, can Montez Sweat and Chase Young coexist in the same defense? Because um, it didn't really, I mean, it it didn't work, like, all that well. Like, I just think that the results were not there for what it was in Washington, um is that somebody that you'd want to bring in knowing kind of all the research that if you're in the Bears front office you're doing at this point of the year and also what's his price i mean there's other uh you know edge rusher free agents that are going to be available that might be around or maybe a little bit more expensive but do you know what about daniel hunter that's a name that has constantly come up uh for you You know
0: like daniel what
1: about brian burns brian burns his name has been coming up for with (laughs) the link to this team for a year now and they didn't pay him in last uh you know during training camp and all of that so he's set to hit free agency this year they've got a new front office they're probably going to be doing what ryan poles did two years ago and tearing it down and siphoning off assets if if chase young is who you're dead set on getting. And I can understand it based on the age, based on, you know, the, you know, how sought after he was, he's finally healthy, this time around, like he was great as a rookie, we saw the flashes there, he gets hurt. You know, I, I think that there's like a blueprint here for what you could, you know, in terms of like the price that you're willing to pay for someone like a Chase Young, where you don't have to break the bank. I mean, we've seen other guys like this. I know PFF put something out. Let me see if I can find it. Um, here it is. They said, like, that. You know, this is what they were using um, for Bryce Young. Like, number three overall pick in 2015, Dante Fowler, signed a one-year $12 million deal following his rookie contract that began with a torn ACL in his rookie season. Right. And they're saying that's the framework that, that maybe they could um, – you know, use uh, for like kind of put 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 Chase Young in like a prove it year. Because said like Young can bet right. on himself once again to repeat in 2024 and then truly cash in. So he'd be uh, almost 30 at that point, 29, 30 in, in after next season, and really cashing in as he like a, hits his prime as a pass rusher. Maybe that's a route that the Bears want to go.
0: It'll be interesting to see. He's a name that that when as soon as it popped up, I was like, young pass rusher. No, he's got the relationship already there with Sweat. Mm -hmm. Maybe Sweat convinces him. And I
1: asked him, it was funny because I asked him like the day that we did locker clean out. I'm like, you know, BC was he was, you know, gave his vote of confidence for Matt Eberflu's, like was excited about what this defense is gonna do. I said, Hey, is there anybody in free agency you're gonna try to recruit here? And he's like, No, I'm gonna leave that up to the front office. I don't don't know i don't look too much into that but like usually if there's a guy that you're like dead set on man i want to play with this guy again you're gonna say it right then and there and i just i I don't know i just thought that was kind of interesting i mean maybe i'm looking too much into it but i just thought it was interesting that chase young's name didn't come up there
0: well i mean how much time was chase actually on the field with them though i think that's the
1: yeah (laughs) but they were together for uh
0: yeah they were together for sure uh i mean yeah four years i guess but Chase went out 21, really didn't play at all mm-hmm. 22, came back 23. I don't know. That's a, that's just an
1: interesting one. Just, I, and, and it could mean it could nothing. You could have just been like, lady, I don't want to talk about this. I want to get going to the <laughs> table or wherever I'm going. But, like, I, I, I just – it's weird to me, like, the thought of putting them back in the same defense. Like, I'd like to know and like to hear from – report via reporting, via, you know, players themselves, like – You know, is that pairing going to work somewhere? It didn't work in Washington very clearly because they were good parting ways with both of those pieces. Would it work somewhere else? is just what
0: I want to think. Another one that I found very interesting here was uh, the rumor around Saquon Barkley. If the Bears go with a young quarterback, would Saquon Barkley possibly be a good name for the Chicago Bears to sign? I'm not going to lie to y'all. I know this is a very running back city. Um, I don't believe in paying running backs. If I have to pay you more than $3 million a year, you're too expensive uh, because I need fat guys up front that can open up holes for you to just be able to run through. So should the bears look to sign Saquon Barkley this off season if they were to go with a young quarterback, or I guess if Justin Fields is here, I guess you could still do that as well. But is he somebody that is on your radar?
1: Um, no, and for a number of different reasons. Look, like it's not that this team is not willing to pay running backs. Like, David Montgomery signed a three year, yeah. $18 million contract with Detroit. The Bears had a very comparable offer, um, and they were surprised that he decided to leave in free agency and go sign with a different team. Well, you know, good for him. Now he's playing in an NFC championship, but. I, you know, David Montgomery also does not, did not have the injury history that Saquon Barkley did um, or has had over his career, which of course you're always going to consider by the time these players become available to you, whether the giants try to re-sign him. Um, You know, I remember like there was an, I think there was not a no tag clause in his contract. I might be, don't quote me on that, but I remember there was something when like he you know, they tag him last year and then they kind of sweeten the deal. Like they basically give him like two million dollars up front uh, to get him into training camp last year That's Saquon. I I you know with this with the way that the Giants season you know went down the tank very quickly, I think they're gonna have to make some hard decisions around Daniel Jones that maybe decisions that they can't they can't get out of in terms of how much they're on the hook for with the quarterback, but also with the running back. I just don't think the Bears are going to want to fork up the type of money that a Saquon may think he can – thinks he can still command. But, like, let's take a look at other running backs who, you know, thought that they were worth something that teams just, like, weren't willing to pay. Like, look at Dalvin Cook. And look at what happened to his career this year. Yeah, he's on the Ravens right now, but he got signed as a practice squad guy after the Jets. The two parties were kind of like, yeah, this isn't working. So, like, yeah. I don't – I think in this offense, too, with Shane, you know, with Shane Rodron calling the shots, when you think about – um the running backs that Seattle has used and they were 25th in design rush percentage. I think that they, you know, I think Pete Carroll, probably if you were being on, if he was being honest about it, would tell you, yeah, I wish we did run the ball a little bit more and we're a little bit more balanced. I don't think that you need to have a big name superstar running back to do that, especially here when they really like Cleo Herbert, they really like Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman. I don't think he gets re-signed. I think that you can draft somebody like that. And bring them in to help support this, you know, the the stable of running backs that they currently have without having to break the bank to go get a featured guy. Because that's just not the way that this offense needs to operate to be successful.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he was interesting only because of the addition of Shane Waldron. I know he's more willing to use a running back in a passing situation than maybe he would be to just turn around, hand the football off. I, The, the pass to run percentage is, is not even close. And that, I guess that's the only reason why maybe I would entertain the Saquon, but it's, it's like you said, right? What number does he think he's going to command? If he's talking about, you know, coming in here for $10 million, my guy, like, mm-hmm. hey, you played the wrong position. Like I, I hate to tell you that, but, um, Mel Kuyper came out this week and uh, basically gave his draft breakdown. Has the bears going all offense in the first round. I've been a bears fan a long time, according you as well. And, uh, I've never seen the Bears get it right going all offense here. I've never seen the Bears make a full-on commitment going all offense here, but he's got the Bears taking Caleb Williams and Rome Odunze in the first round. Is this finally the year where we will see the Bears make a real all-in commitment offensively in the draft?
1: I saw the draft, the mock draft the same as you did, and I was not surprised by it, but it's like Usually those things feel too good to be true. But then again, like building towards everything being put around the quarterback. And if you do have a rookie quarterback, you really do have to go all in and support that player with like the best infrastructure, which then includes another D.J. Moore on the other side, and Roma Dunze should be there at nine. Like I don't think anybody thinks Marvin Harrison's going to be there. Um, no, he will not. <laughs> but you know, you get another big body threat on the outside, and if this is an offense that needs a true, like you know what, Luke Getzey's offense, they wanted to. He was trying to replicate like the way that they had their personnel, like a big body X uh, in Green Bay. Like as a as a as a threat for the quarterback. Like I th- I don't know if you necessarily need to like focus on certain types. Oh, we need like a you know a bit. We need a Devontae Adams esque type receiver. Like that'd be great to have that. But I think if you get like the best receiver available, at nine. To pair him with your quarterback, then you're setting your offense up for success. Because what you don't want to do is think, okay, that's nice. Edge rushers here too. Like I, I do think that they have to address getting another edge rusher. But if there's a receiver that's available, because take a look at the receiver free agent class. Like they've not they have not been very good the last couple of years yep. because everybody's paying their guys, and good for them. But um, to to get somebody in there who can, you know, very quickly. Help a young quarterback because sometimes it does feel like we've, you know, I've, re- I wrote this story last week, just at the one on DJ, and you can tell the numbers are, are the- such a draft, like a contrast from where, um, you know, where they are with like DJ Moore and Justin Fields and then everybody else. Like it's a pretty obvious one to me that if you get somebody else in there, that helps the quarterback immediately. So the quarterback, whoever it is, isn't just locking in on one playmaker who becomes his security blanket.
0: Yeah, it's it I think you also have to ask the question right, do you feel comfortable with Braxton Jones being there? I know uh Ryan Poles said, you know, he feels like Braxton improved, but if there's an upgrade at that position, we do have to look at that. I just I I left this season feeling very similar about Braxton than I left the first season, the rookie season, right saying this this guy's going to go backwards. He's going to get pushed backwards, so can you risk going wide receiver over O line there. I know we've seen a lot of teams do that more recently, but I'd be I'd be intrigued to see if the Bears don't try to go out there and make that a make that a, a position of need. Now, six three with a f- sub four 40 right? Like or with a with a sub four four forty, I should say a four three forty. Like I, that's that's hard to pass up as well. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's not. Romo Dunze looks really good. I guess on the wide receiver tip, is T. Higgins a possibility here yeah, in Chicago he has, in free agents?
1: Yeah, that's the next one. If you are looking at like people who might be available, like we know with with Cincinnati situation, like his name was coming up as they're not gonna be able to pay all three. T Higgins is probably gonna hit the free agent market. Like yeah but it's not it, it's not just like this class of like you know a bunch of available wide receivers like there might be right. like one um you know the fit here could you could you see could you see them try if they are really trying to create a more balanced offense with a, a more potent passing attack you need receivers who are capable of doing that yeah so if T. Higgins is available, I think that that's somebody that you certainly talk to. It's somebody that you try to position yourself to come here for what the market's going to look like. If he is the big name receiver and like that, you know, for free agency, that's that's, that's out there. Might he have a market that he prices himself out of what the Bears want to do? Because remember, they still have other holes. I know that all we talk about lately is the quarterback situation in Chicago and what they're going to do there, but there's still. Defensive tackle, defensive end, center—you uh, know, potentially another Stunt guard. That. Um, <laughs> that's four positions. Oh, wide receiver as well. Like, you know, there's there's other things that they that they might have to prioritize over that. But you know, whether it you know, T. Higgins is a name that I think we've all kind of kept our eye on for a while, thinking that. You know, with with what whatever the heck Jamar Chase is going to command this off season, because I believe if I'm doing my math right, this is his first year he's eligible for an extension. Yep. I don't think he's going to run into the same situation that Justin Jefferson and the Vikings ran into when Jefferson became eligible for that extension. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a name to definitely keep an eye on. But at least with this draft class, you know, there's the there's the top heavy names at receiver. And, like, there will be one available to the Bears if they stay at nine, assuming they stay at nine. It's just, you know, if you were going all in on Caleb Williams, you can't then all of a sudden say, okay, we got the quarterback. Let's go get, like, an edge rusher in the draft. Let's go do this. I think it all has to line up with the quarterback at that point because you're going all in trying to change the course, like, the landscape of this offense, and that has to be what is prioritized um, from, from then on out.
0: I think uh, to finish it out, one of the big rumors, and not even a rumor, this is confirmed, but just one of the big talking points from La- from this uh, week that was out there was that Matt Eberflus defended Justin Fields in these OC meetings and that, you know, a lot of people, of course, as with every topic that comes out, that means he's all in on Justin. That means they're all in on Caleb because you had to defend Justin. Where are? Where do you think it kind of stands on that? Was this a listen, you're going to have free will to do what you want to do, but Justin Fields was put in a bad position to succeed here? Or do you well, think this was more, it's a struggle here, guys, but we, we're we all leaning towards Caleb.
1: I think that there's a couple things you can take from that. You know, Matt Eberflus was the one who decided to part ways. That was his call on yeah. the offensive staff. If you have to defend Justin Fields and say, well, look at what he was had to work with, look at the situation he was put in, that's going to justify your decision then at the end of the day and make it look like, well, look at what we were dealing with. Like look at what the quarterback was dealing with. He may not have been perfect, but the offensive staff did XYZ to put him in a bad situation. Like that's a no. it's a way of confirming your choice of what you did, which was to move on from five offensive coaches including the offensive coordinator. I think that's more, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's covering your bases more than anything else. But, you know, yeah. Matt Eberflus has, I think he's been very measured in the way that he's talked about Justin Fields, probably not as much as Ryan Poles. Cause like Poles will say that Justin has improved and um, you know, but he won't go over the top on like the, the heaping amounts of praise that he's given to other people. But right. like, I thought that Eberflus, there were two moments during that season-ending press conference when I asked him about, is there any concern? Like, if you do stick with Justin, that's third system in four years. Is there any concern? And then he said, nope. Like, Justin's smart. He'll be able to pick it up. Paraphrasing again. And then there was another moment that I know a lot of people ran with that, like, when, when Flus, maybe it was a Freudian slip, maybe he was just talking generalities, but made that comment about how, you know, Justin in this offense and kind of foreshadowing that his growth of like what next year is going to bring when a new offensive coordinator comes in here. And I don't know if that was him accidentally tipping his hand to something, but it it, it is curious because Flus is, Flues is never, I feel like when he's, when he's talked about the struggles in the passing game and the lack of explosives, like he's looked towards the play caller quarterback relationship without heaping it all on the Justin's got to make that play. He's got to make right. that throw. I think that there was more, willingness, because it also helped him, because remember, like, it wasn't like he was a guarantee to come back this year, like, the, the fact that we were even having this conversation, like, if there wasn't, the Bears could have squashed that, if if there was literally no question that Matt Eberflus was coming back this year, they could have found a way to, like, be like, you guys are tripping, like, this is, this is not even a question internally, but because there's some of that, I do think that for Eberflus, there has to be a, I have, like, a mentality of, I have to protect myself in this, in my best interest, and, you know, let me go ahead and week 14 week 15 hmm oh the passing game like oh lack of explosives oh it's yeah. 27th it's not enough clearly that tells you it's not enough like you could see some of those clues about how he was thinking about and maybe it was all right i've got to save myself in these moments i've got to i don't want to use the word to start throwing them under the bus but i've got to start insulating myself from the offense yeah. because i'm the head coach like and start pointing out hey well it's not like i signed off on the, like some of these things it's not it's not to the standard i want it like that's how i read the end of the year for Eberflus and some of his comments but you know what the reporting that's come out with like you know the some of the oc interviews and like how how fields was being positioned to the candidates it's i'm not surprised by it because i think that that speaks more to the other side of um of the of the of the you know of, of the whole thing which is the offensive staff that Eberflus was responsible for letting go.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I'm I I saw I saw that come out and I was like here we go. We're going to national treasure flip the declaration of independence over and find the the fine print on the back every single detail from this offseason, and this is just going to fuel, which which cracks me up. It all fuels both sides of whatever you believe. If you believe Justin Fields is staying no matter what, it's just like they defended him, told you. And if you believe Caleb Williams is coming in, it's like he had to defend the guy. That tells you all you need to know. So I guess let us know how you guys feel, which side of the debate you're on. The comments are always wild down here, so <laughs> it's always hilarious. That and Twitter. Twitter is like, I don't, or whatever. is. It, are we going with X? I still are call we it finally, Twitter. I don't call it X. I, I X still is call weird. it Twitter. I, I feel like I don't our think you can monopolize
1: the entire letter as the name of your product, so I still it's call it Twitter. That's kind
0: of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the, the bots are, are, never mind, that was about to be crazy. Anyway, follow us on <laughs> everything. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, lead a five. Review y'all know what to do for Courtney Cronin. I'm Pat the designer. Back at it again. Bear down, Chicago. Y'all stay safe out there. Peace.